Welcome to C3 Belconnen. Here's the latest message from our senior pastor, Nick Hind. Hey, so looking forward to continuing this series on being filled with the Holy Spirit Church over this incredible season. And uh, I just want to start with this thought. Hey, I wonder if you can remember a time when you were completely full. Maybe it was an emotional experience. Maybe there was a special moment in your life. Maybe it was the, the day you got married or the birth of a child or a particularly powerful moment that maybe made you feel full of joy or something that made you feel full of peace. Maybe you've got a, an experience or a thought in mind about when you were full. Um, I've got one that's maybe not quite uh, as pleasant sounding as that. I can remember a time going to a, a brilliant restaurant with a great group of friends totally intent on literally doing the all-you-can-eat thing. And, uh, and boy, did we. Uh, we. We really took that thing to its limits. And I, ca- I can't ever remember being as full as that. I-, I can remember waking up the next morning feeling like I'd still only just finished eating dinner. And I tell you what, if you'd squeezed me at that point, uh, I don't know if you would have got fried chicken or uh, sage and burnt butter tortellini out of me and uh, right now if you know which restaurant I'm talking about because of those two references put it in the chat okay it's funny hey like I wonder what comes out of us sometimes when we are squeezed that'll actually show you what it is that you are full of Jesus himself said uh, in Matthew and actually so many of the gospels record this is out of the overflow of the heart so the mouth speaks. Out of what you are full up of is, is going to actually come out into your world. And sometimes it's not until we have pressure applied to us that we really discover what it is that is filling up our lives. In another kind of thought, though, the idea is that, that we are leaky vessels. I find so often that uh, there are things that, that leak out of my world. Usually, unfortunately, it's the good stuff. It just seems to dissipate my great intentions, right? They just kind of dissipate uh, out of my life. These thoughts that I have, you know, uh, about being patient, maybe, maybe uh, the level of kindness in my world, it just kind of dissipates. It's like we've got holes in our pockets. And the thing is, we're actually designed to be filled, but we leak or... We fill ourselves with the wrong kind of stuff. And this idea of leaky vessels is, is one that really plays in my mind. And, and, uh, and I want to just unpack that for a little bit. You know, a little while ago, my sister and her husband, who live out on a property um, a little bit out of town, uh, have several water tanks to keep them supplied. And what they discovered one day, to their shock, there was no water for the house at all, even though they'd had some recent rain. And eventually they discovered there was just a little leak in these tanks. And before long, there was nothing left in there. And you and I can be a bit like that. We can live life in a way that starts off with good intentions, but we can be slowly drained of power. And that's not the kind of life that we're called to lead as followers of Jesus. We're called to lead a life that is filled, not just for us, but filled to overflowing. So it makes all the difference for others as well. Makes me think about uh, when Jesus really left the disciples and set them up for what was coming. As we started this series off looking at Acts chapter 1 and 2, where Jesus said, hey, wait until power comes 
on you from on high. Wait until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the, I guess, the key thought for this whole series is that we are designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the way a believer is called to walk out a life of faith in Jesus Christ. But imagine it this way. Imagine if Jesus had just left the disciples with a bit of a playbook. Can you imagine how their commitment might have wavered under pressure? As the persecution mounted and as the challenges uh, came up before them, even maybe just over generations as things were passed down, you can imagine this thing dissipating like things do in our own lives. You can imagine it just kind of filtering out and becoming a weaker and weaker expression of how it started. But you know what? The opposite is true. You and I are here to this day naming the name of Jesus Christ as followers of His, as His disciples as part of an ever-expanding, growing move of God across the world. From that day till now, the kingdom of God has been advancing. The Holy Spirit has been empowering and filling believers. Jesus did not leave us just with a few rules and regulations to follow, but with an empowering and an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that makes all the difference. This really is a remarkable way to do life. This way of doing life that, that sees believers filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with hope, filled with strength, filled with power to do life. Not our power and our strength, but power from on high. This infilling of the Holy Spirit to equip us for every good work that Jesus Christ has prepared for us. This is an incredible picture of the way that we are called to do life. And I love that thought that when pressure came upon those early disciples, because it wasn't just their own thoughts and ideas, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that pressure didn't create weakness. It actually brought them to a place of even greater strength. Let me take you to a passage in Acts chapter 4 that I love so much. And it's this picture, both on an individual level and a corporate level, of the filling of power by the Holy Spirit in the lives of those believers. And I'm going to hone in in particular on verse 8 in a few moments. But let me give you the background in Acts chapter 4. We read that Peter and John were speaking to the people uh, and the leading priests and the temple authorities came over to see them. They were disturbed at what they were claiming about the authority of Jesus and saying that there was a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and they jailed them and they went on to kind of threaten them and they brought them before this sort of gathering of, of religious leaders, put them on trial in a sense. And they were challenged and threatened because the church had been exploding through the apostles' teaching these uneducated men, these people that no one had expected much of, who'd started out scattered and dispersed when Jesus left, were now giving powerful witness to His resurrection power. And there were miracles breaking out. And it tells us here uh, in verse 4 that the number of believers was already up to about 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. So there was explosive growth going on. So the council of elders and religious leaders uh, met in Jerusalem. Uh, the high priest was there and all these others. And so what they did was they brought Peter and John before uh, this group and they put them on trial. And they demanded to know in whose name and by what power they had been doing this. You know, that sounds to me like an incredibly intimidating position to be in. I don't know if you've been in a, an intimidating position recently. I don't know if you've felt maybe all at sea. I don't know if you've felt out of your depth or like you just haven't got your bearings. There's a, quite a, a chance that you have. This is a disorienting season, season for so many of us. And 
So I think we can all probably identify with where the disciples are there. I haven't been on trial recently. That's a, a good thing for you to know. But this is such an intimidating environment right now for, for the disciples. And I love what verse 8 says. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. And then on it goes. It says, Peter, Peter begins to preach and, and he actually lays out the gospel uh, to these people. He says, you brought us here because we healed somebody? What, you know, what's the problem from that? Let me tell you that we've done this in the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was raised from the dead, the one you crucified but God raised again then he goes on to show them uh, that this was all prophesied uh, in in the scriptures of old and he goes on to say this incredible line there is salvation in no one else I love that sort of segue line there in verse 8 of Acts chapter 4 then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit I love that the author has actually left that in that Luke as he's written this account has, has put that line in. He didn't just say that there they were put on trial and they answered back. He says, no, this was spirit inspired. This was not something the ordinary people would have done. This was a boldness and an empowering that did not come. They had every reason to be in fear. They had every reason to feel threatened and, and uncertain and concerned about their, their safety and their livelihood. Everything that was swirling around them could have brought fear and concern, but... They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter preaches again with this incredible power. And they've got nothing to do about it. They, they realize these, they, it says they actually realized that these were men who had been with Jesus. And they, they couldn't threaten them any longer. They couldn't do any more to them. So they just told them to, to go away, but stop preaching this Jesus. And so it says, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John found the other believers, told them what the leading priests and elders had said. It says, then all the believers were united in prayer and they lifted their voices and they cried out to God and prayed together. And at the, at the end of this prayer, let me pick up how it goes in, in verse 29. They say, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And how cool is this? It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I love this story. You know, this story shows us this infilling and empowering of Peter that leads to incredible boldness. It shows us an infilling and an empowering of the gathered believers as they pray and cry out to God and they're filled with boldness. All of the fear and the uncertainty that could have been gripping them is overpowered and overwhelmed by the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is such a good reminder for me of the kind of life I'm called to live with faith in Jesus Christ. This, this life that, that is filled with a strength, that can be filled with a courage, that can be filled with wisdom that does not come from me, but it comes from God Himself. It is a supernatural infilling. You and I are not designed to do life half full. We're not designed to do life filled with all sorts of the wrong stuff, filled with all sorts of fears and doubts and things that can get inside of ourselves. But here's the challenge. Those are realities of life. Most days there's going to be things that, that fight for our attention. There's going to be pressures that come upon us, things that can pull us away from the life that God has called us to lead. Most days there's going to be challenges and things to put doubt in us perhaps. 
or there's just going to be that sense that, hey, this, this power is leaking out of us, this confidence is leaking out of us, and we can find ourselves in all sorts of places. And I think what happens then is we go to our own strength, and we start trying to live out just by our own abilities. We start maybe trying to dig down and renovate and try and pull out the weeds in our world. And that's such a, uh, an important thing for us to be aware of, but so often we're doing it in our own strength. We're doing it the hard way. So what I thought I'd do is help give you a picture right now, a really cool image and illustration. Maybe I've been watching too many of the, the kids' church uh, videos of, of late, but they do these amazing object lessons. So I want to go to my assistant right now to help us get a really clear picture of how you actually get rid of what shouldn't be in there and fill something up afresh. So I'm going to cut to my assistant right now. Thanks, Nick. Really glad to be able to help out here today uh, with this object lesson. And uh, here's the reality is this is kind of the way we go through life most of the time, kind of not full because stuff leaks out of us. Uh, but the reality is, is that all sorts of other stuff gets in there as well. And hey, let's represent that with this sort of grungy, green, kind of healthy, but gross looking stuff. And uh, this is what happens. doesn't take much for things to start getting pretty murky. And right now, if I said, how do we clean this thing out? That's a, a pretty difficult task. And, and that's so often what it feels like in our lives. How do we get rid of the stuff that is not supposed to get, be in there? The, the thoughts that creep in, the nagging doubts, and all the other stuff that starts to go on. Uh, and there's one really simple way, one really easy way to clean this out without removing all of the contents. And that's actually to fill it with something clean. And if we pour enough of the good stuff in there, this is what happens. What an amazing result. Look at that. Almost totally clean now. You know, an even better analogy would have not even been to have a jug here, but actually just have this thing under a tap that has an unlimited supply, which is the best picture for us of what it is to live a life filled by the Holy Spirit. So I hope that helped. Back to you, Nick. Hey, thanks, Nick. Great job there. Thanks for helping us get that better picture of what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that idea that instead of us just, you know, working harder and trying to almost do the impossible and get rid of all the gunk in our life or, or fill ourselves up, that we're actually called to partner with the Holy Spirit. We are called to be filled to overflowing. I love that that's the language that surrounds the understanding of the Holy Spirit we get from the New Testament, that we are to be filled, not just added to, not just receiving a little bit, but filled is the continual reference that we get. You can live life full. You and I need to be full of the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. You know, we can't just get up in the morning and say, hey, today I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be long-suffering, I'm going to be full of joy, I'm going to be full of peace. I wish I could just get up and like flick some sort of switch. Uh, there is a switch I, that, that can be flicked, but it's kind of not in my control. It means I put myself in the presence of the Holy Spirit and say, fill me afresh. You know, probably the greatest prayer you can ever pray is three words long, and it is come Holy Spirit. I love praying that and then just waiting in the presence of God, waiting for an infilling and an empowering, allowing God to maybe unravel and untangle and go to work in my life. So often what is needed is just God permission that we give God to go to work in our lives. You know, over this season, one of the things that I've noticed is I've become really aware of these gaps. I've become really 
aware of these feelings of inadequacy in my life as in some ways things have slowed down or, or the gaps have widened around uh, you know, the busy life maybe we've created for ourselves. I've become so much more aware of maybe some of the failings in my world, maybe some of the frustrations, the places where I've let myself down or I feel like I've let others uh, down and these things that maybe I've left unattended. Sometimes it's a huge gap, it feels, between where I'm at into that gap, into that space. It can almost be a paralyzing experience. It can be so intimidating and it can bring up feelings of frustration, of fear maybe, of lack. It can even lead to shame and guilt or anxiety. But I've got to tell you, there is good news. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to bridge that gap. He came not just to give you and I rules and regulations, not just to tell us about a life that we should lead, but actually to empower us to lead that life. He said to his disciples, I'm leaving, but I don't leave you as orphans. I'm bringing you into the family and I'm sending one to be present with you. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit and wait. Don't try and do it out of your own strength. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power. He brought us into the very presence of God and he did it not by issuing instructions, but by bringing us with love and acceptance, an invitation to come near to him, to trade our our filthy rags of all the things that we try and do to be right with God, the way that we live that puts ourselves so often at the center and instead to put on the robes of his righteousness, to walk in what he has done for us. Not in our own efforts, but understanding and following the leading of the Spirit of truth. Following the Holy Spirit who leads us into purity, leads us into holiness, who reveals more and more of Jesus to us. This is the great exchange. Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. His kind of life. Not our leaky old kind of life. Not our murky, half-baked sort of life. He came to give us beauty for ashes. He came to give us joy instead of mourning, to give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. You see, God doesn't just take away. He fills up. He doesn't just bring us back to zero or a clean slate. Jesus didn't finish his work of forgiveness on the cross. It was an invitation into a full life, the life that he always designed for you and I. And I'm believing for you right now, wherever you are, that there is a supernatural touch of God for you today. That if you could maybe just for a moment let go of the striving, if you could walk away from the the feelings of pressure, maybe the, the thoughts that are keeping you bound up, you could receive fullness of power and life by the Holy Spirit. Right now, you could pray a simple prayer that says, Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. You can let go of the the striving and instead be empowered, be filled up, be filled with joy and be filled with peace because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, partnering with you as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. If you've stepped into a relationship with Jesus, that's what's on offer for you. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and filled with His power. We'd love to pray with you. Please reach out through the options on the online platform there or text us on the care line or talk to your connect group leader or reach out to one of the the pastoral team. Let us know. We'd love 
to see you step into this super abundant life. That's the life Jesus said he came to give you. In John 10, 10, he says, I've come to give you life and life to the full, not a shadowy, half-baked kind of life. Not that life we saw in that cup there that was either half full or murky and cloudy, but that full to overflowing sort of life. Jesus promised one who would come and walk alongside you as a follower of his. You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a spirit of adoption, a spirit that brings us into God's family, close and near. He's present with us, bringing us into this incredible relationship, this kinship, this heirship with Jesus Christ himself. It's an invitation into the fullest, the greatest, the most incredible kind of life. And I hope that's the kind of life that you are walking to this very day. Maybe it is, and I'm so pleased for you. I'm praying that every single day you're gonna be filled to overflowing with the goodness, the joy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, just visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.